Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're excited because I believe in the queue is Christine Connolly, who's going to join us. I'm going to bring Christine on. Christine, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Hi. How are you? How are you? Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, Christine, I got to tell you, um, with being a CPA, an author, the director of Bagley, um, our nation's oldest and largest youth-led LGBT organization, um, like I said, I don't know where to start. You, You are a transgender parent and daughter and there's so much that we have to cover. I know we have a, 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 a really tight time limit, but I wanted to say welcome to Late Night Parents. Well, thank you. Um, I'm glad to be here. You, you left out that I'm also a Little League batting champion. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we're going to get to my, my and, first Red Sox. My, yeah, and, you know, you, you can't mess with the Little League little leaguer either. Always yes, in my mind and yes. spirit. <laughs> Yes, so important, so important. So let's it's, it's get what, right what, into it. Yeah, it's what we're all about. You know, I mean, it's it's about the kids and the youth, the little leaguers of the world, you know, and, and helping yes. them grow up. It it really is. And Christine, I tell you this much. I was speaking with our uh, our PR department, and each week, or I was I would say. Uh, a few weeks ago, there was a suicide in Charlotte, and it was a suicide of, of a, a transgender teen who felt unsupported by his family. Um, okay. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you are a source to bring that message out, to bring, to, to, to really to educate us to uh-huh. some of the, the, the issues that, that are happening with with you being a transgender parent and daughter, um, I would like you to just share with us your experience experience with you know family rejection and or alienation. Just I really just want you to share your story. Well, um, I, I will, and, I, and I'll keep it short. I, you know, and I just want to start off by saying, you know, I'm using a big term, and I'll explain it as I go along. But cognitive dissonance, and what that means is. We, we have an awareness of things that don't match and we can't fit. And, and we have an, an image and an idea of ourselves that doesn't match when we look in the mirror or when we interact with other people. And when, when we keep that boxed inside, that's when the problems start. And, and what it is, is about freedom of expression, freedom to be who you are, 
And that's what it is. That's what transgender rights are about. And that's what human rights are about. They're, they're intertwined. They're one and the same. Um, but being transgender is, is, is certainly a, a unique situation. <laughs> I mean, I, I certainly didn't want to be transgender. I didn't, I didn't check that box. If I have even had a chance to check a box to say, oh, I think I'll be transgender, and, and none of us do. But we have to learn to accept ourselves and live with ourselves. And this is where this is where the intersection uh, happens, where our families don't. And my family, and there's about 40 people, have not accepted me. And they've all said goodbye to me. There's one nephew that I talk to on, on rare occasions. But other than that, I am completely disconnected from my family. And I've even been told to kill myself. I, I mean, I, just, just the, the outrageous hatred that's there just because a person's transgender is is just unacceptable. And and it's only because of this and because I can um talk out and especially with all these suicides, it's important someone like me who's been through it, who's dealing with family alienation. I'm a survivor of an attempted suicide myself several years ago. And somebody needs to speak up to stop this, you know, use our it, it, I, I know they're all frustrated, but there, there has to be somebody that says, don't do it. And I'm, I want to be that person. Don't do it. It's, you know, it, things things will change. I can't say they'll get better, but they will change. You know, what happens today is not going to be what happens tomorrow. So, I, I, I you know, I've begun to take the time to learn and read about the transgender community. I mean, there's nearly 700,000 transgender individuals in the United States, and that's about, you know, 0.3 of the population. Um, So with with that being the case, share with me some tips for people that have transgender loved ones. Well, um, I just want to address the count, too, because I think it's substantially much lower than it really is. That count refers to those people that are openly recognizing themselves as transgender. And because of the stigma attached to being transgender, I would think in time that that percentage is going to grow. I don't know how significantly, but I would not be surprised if there isn't 1% to 3% of the population that's transgender. And there was a... Lynn Conway years ago did a calculation, and she was a mathematician and an engineer, and she did some calculation based upon the facts that existed then, and she came up with a much higher number. But but as far as um, sharing about, you know, what what people should do, I think sometimes a simple touch of kindness, understanding, and acceptance from family and friends can absolutely make a difference of life or death. And the bullying that was taking place and does take place with the young children are amongst themselves, and that has has triggered this rash of young transgender suicides, is is just is just horrific. That, that when you think about, and everyone knows that this is what will happen if you do this to a person, but yet it persists. And the adults within these within the that are in the control of these young children are not taking an active, aggressive, remedial step or or process to stop some of this. And they ignore it, and and then when the person kills themselves, they say, "Oh my God, I, we didn't know," or, or you know, they they feel blindsided. But in fact, you know, the warning signs were there all along. 
Understood. Christine, tell me how you, I mean, so you're the director of Bagley. So tell us about your, your overall involvement with Bagley. Well, you know, a, a couple of years ago I was asked to serve, and I, and I couldn't do it right away because I was going through some um my, my own some of my own changes, and I was dealing with uh, you know, and I needed a few months to uh, just kind of conclude some issues that I was dealing with, and I did, and I and I joined them, and I you know, as a CK, I come in and I try to offer some of my managerial and and leadership and and also financial knowledge, but what we're trying to do, what, what the organization is trying to do, and Grace is the executive director, and she's been there about 34 years, I think, and we're celebrating our 35th year. Um, and as an organization, um, and what we do is we try to create a safe space uh, where everyone's able to participate fully in 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 life, and uh, it's a space for the LGBTQ youth that's free of sex, drugs, alcohol. You know, we don't allow weapons or violence, and and we don't want to create any pressure or harassment. And all of this is is just kind of the magic of the youth getting there and having a good time and just being kids, you know, because so much so much pressure is put on them in, in the society that they can't just feel free and comfortable. And when they, we get them together and we don't let adults come in, it's a youth-driven um, organization, so the youth kind of police themselves, if you if I won't even use that term, but they're, you know, you have the older youth helping the younger youth, and, it, and it's a really magical formula. And you've, we develop leadership skills, and we try to show them the best way to live and how to identify issues and then how to deal with those issues so that they can learn to advocate for themselves. And, and that's really what BAG is about. So, so I mean, Christine, you, you, you are an author, you're a CPA, um, you're a director of Bagley. You're a parent, you're a daughter. I want to go to the author part. Tell me about the inspiration for my first Red Sox game. Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh. The inspiration, it was born out of pain and prejudice. Uh, I'm dealing with judges in a court environment that treats transgender people very poorly up here in Massachusetts, which is one of the most pro-transgender states in the country. So I can really feel for other people in other states that don't have the laws to protect them. Yet if the laws are not enforced, the, the judges do not have to enforce them. And in a, in a family court environment, because it's a court of equity, not a court of justice, um, they don't have to follow any laws if they don't want to. They can just make whatever decision they want, and there's no there's no recompense that, that anyone can follow. So what I did is I felt that the best way for me to deal with these obtuse, dim-witted, you know, family court judges here in Massachusetts is not to go play their game in a court of law, but to become as public as I can to, to be an advocate for transgender rights, to explain what's happened here in this court. And for the last 18 months I've been denied visitation with my child, and only because I'm transgender and supported by these judges. And to me, I, I, I can't, in, in, in my wildest imagination, I can't understand how a judge can can go about participating in parental alienation syndrome, which by itself is child abuse, as recognized by the medical profession today. And I thought if I could write just a spectacular book to show my daughters, you know, what I can do and who I am and, and to just 
express the the uniqueness that I am as a person and, you know, understanding how much I love baseball and how much they love baseball. So I wrote a book that I think is second to none and, you know, I've been in touch with the Red Sox and they're happy with the book and I'm getting licensed with Major League Baseball, but it was born out of the the, the problems that that are that happen when um, when a parent can't see their child and it's no different than being kidnapped. And my daughter lives within a mile and a half of where my business is, and yet I'm not allowed to see her. And if I do, I'm afraid I'd be arrested. So I can't even approach her in, in, in any kind of way because as an alienated child, she's been taught to hate me. And this yeah. is supported by judges. I, I, I'm just beside myself. So this was my this was my inspiration to keep writing and to write the best book I could. Understood. Understood. Christine, I mean, it's a, a really remarkable story that, that you have. I, I do have a, one question about um, the media is caught up with any time there's a sighting of Bruce Jenner and there's going to be um, an oh. interview <laughs> uh, with Diane no, I don't know Diane I know I heard about it a little bit tonight. I caught like one what thirty second sound bite about him. But go ahead about her. I'm not even sure oh. if I heard it. He hasn't said it yet to himself. So right, he, has, he hasn't said it. What, okay, are, you, what are your thoughts? No, my question is, what are your thoughts when something like this is, you know, I, I guess for the transgender community, is this is Bruce Jenner a, a spokesperson, or has What's your take? Well, I, Bruce is not a spokesperson yet. She could be, and I'm going to start saying she because I, I think that's really the gender that she is. She could be. Um, it, it's really up to her if she wants to be. Uh, and everyone's a little different. I think because of his, his, uh, her, sorry, her, um, her achievements. I think it would be helpful if she did and was. And I think, you know, this week, apparently, she's going to talk about it. Um, right. and, and that will help other people because the more it gets talked about, the more, I think, acceptance that there will be and there's more people like like Bruce and myself come out and talk about our lives and, and how my life has, has been tortured most of my life because of my gender identities that I couldn't accept. And, and then when I accepted it, everyone else went running out the door. But I think she'll 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 step up to the plate, so to speak. She'll dive in the pool and, and she'll she'll come out a winner. That's good. That's good. So you you mentioned, I mean, at the onset. You were alienated with your family. Are are you at least on on speaking terms with your family now, or is it kind of has it I progressed? I have not, not spoken to my family in five years. I spoke to my mother about a year and a half to two years ago, uh, and that's that's the last time I've spoken to them. And, and it's that's their choice, not mine. I mean, I I've, I've tried to reach out, but they just don't want to talk to me. They don't want me to do. They've, they've told me they've disinvited me to Christmas parties. Um, birthday parties, vacations. Uh, I mean, they just told me to stay away. Weddings. <laughs> don't even come here. I've been. I was kicked out of a wake. I went to see my cousin who passed away, and I was told to leave the wake. Uh, it's just terrible. Totally terrible. 
Christine, so before we close, if a, a, a young person is in that type of situation where they're, they're being disowned by their family, I mean, give us, let's just say you had that elevator discussion with them. Let's just say you, you hopped on a virtual elevator with them. What would you say to them to pick up their spirits or to give them, um, you know, just some words of wisdom? Understand that this too shall change. Uh, as, as bad as you feel now, just think of a moment when you felt good. Uh, and also, reach out for help. And even if you, if a parent or someone else isn't doing it, reach out for help with somebody that knows. There's any number of uh, telephone lines for suicide people, and you don't have to want to commit suicide to call them. Call them to say, who can I talk to? I just need to talk to someone before you reach the point of suicide or thinking about it. And, and in that respect, you know, 80% of us, and I've seen this statistic, 80% or more of, of us people, transgender people, think of suicide. 41% actually attempt it. In relation to the rest of society, 1% one, 1 or less attempted. So there's something horribly wrong with society when, when trans, the transgender population, 41% are trying to kill themselves because they're of the way they're treated by the rest of society. And the racial component that's here is just so stark and in your face. You know, the scientific racism that existed back in the Holocaust and apartheid and the slavery of the South, it's just, it's just in your face recognized here when, when people do this to a transgender person. It's no different. Christine, I, I want to thank you so much for sharing the, these the, your words and sharing your experiences. Um, I want to give you a one-time round of applause. I, I do want to also ask you, I, I do want to ask you one other question. It's an Earth Day-related re question. Tell me today, with today being Earth Day, what did you do? Tell me one thing that you would do to make this um, the environment that much better. Well, what what I try to do is recycle my uh, all of my bottles and my paper. Uh, I do it here, both here in the office as well as at my house. Um, I try to use public transportation when possible. And and as far as my 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 health products, I always use pump hair spray and not aerosol, and I've been doing that for <laughs> ten or fifteen years anyway. Even before I had the big hair. <laughs> Got gotcha. you. But I would like to, I would like I would like to oh, say one thing here, and I, if I could just finish with a haiku here. Uh, this yeah. is a haiku that this 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 is this is my delivery, my pitch to the judges. No pitcher washed up. He can't pitch to save his life. Knuckleball strike out. Now that's me throwing a pitch and <laughs> striking out the judges. But uh, <laughs> when you were cheering, I thought they were they were at the baseball game listening to the pitcher strike out a, a pitcher uh, batter. So, but thank thank you so much for having me come on and share. This is a real privilege and an honor, and and I appreciate it very much to be able to have the opportunity to talk about uh, this particular need and giving you the, giving me the opportunity to do that, uh, Mr. Hicks, and and, uh, and I do hope that uh, the people have learned something from the time that we've spent talking. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we 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 all have, 
and I want to say definitely our virtual doors are always open to you. So okay. whenever you whenever you want to come on to the show, you're more than welcome to come on to the show. But as we close, I want to say, what is the best way of getting in contact with you or – 